0: Me now, me now. Hey, hey. hello and welcome to the arsenal bite Size podcast i'm your host clayton at clates afc and it's another solo one uh they're becoming a bit of a habit these solo post-match informal chats uh we haven't done one of the deep dives in a while but um i'm definitely going to look to continue doing them where we get like mark our stat spot to look at some of the data the past maps and uh some yeah data really um but it's a very informal quick chat about Brentford post-match because we're top of the league gone top of the table, Liverpool and city drew that lot fucked up again, which was very predictable. Um, when all of the stuff that was happening in the Chelsea game happened, the injuries, suspensions, I literally said to one of my mates, uh, Andrew, who probably will be listening to this. I literally said, I don't think they're winning the next three. So it's wolves down Villa. Was it wolves? Villa? Wolves and Villa down city next for them. But, um, Anyway, don't like to talk about them. On to us. We're top of the table, ground out a very hard for one 0 win away at uh, Brentford. And it's never a tough place to go. I've heard it a few times over the last few days. Uh, they've only lost, I think, three times at home um, and twice was against us. So that says everything in terms of how difficult it is to go there. And I think, to be honest, I was someone that probably underestimated it going into the game. Um, <clears throat> my prediction was 2-0 and I just thought it would be a case of we would. I knew they would kind of in air quotes park the bus but I didn't think it would be as deep and I, I don't know why I thought that it was very naive in hindsight because Brentford are one of the best tactically drilled sides in the league so I think I was just a bit too confident and too cocky um, but we went in and we got the job done in the end and it wasn't a pretty viewing at all I've seen I think I'd be lying if I said I felt like the goal was coming. So I've seen a lot of narratives going on, uh, doing the rounds online. Uh, but all I can do is be honest about how I felt during the game. And uh, again, like I said, one of my mates, Andrew, he uh, he watches this. And uh, I was actually watching it with him. So he'd be able to tell me if I was lying. So um How I felt during, well, first of all, before we get into it, let me go through the lineups. Obviously, Ramsdale came in goal, came back in goal because Raya was um, unable to play against his parent club. Uh, We'll get into Ramsdale in a sec. Uh, Back four was Tommy Asu, so White didn't make it. It was Saliba, Gabriel, and Zinchenko. The midfield three had a little bit of a surprise to it. It was Declan, and Odegaard, but Trossard played left eight, which uh, I was super excited for when I actually uh, saw it announced. Uh, and then the front three was uh, the front three we've all been dying to see more often than we have this season it was Jesus Martinelli and Saka uh, Jesus obviously went off i think it was around the hour mark 60 yeah it was in between 60 and 70th minute i think um but yeah that was the team and the team comes out and i'm thinking okay i, I front three's there Trossard in the left eight that's interesting Tommy it right back um I didn't mind pre-game. I didn't think it worked. Um, and that's something that's been happening a few times. Although I I know a few people have said they don't think he's great at right-back. And uh, even my mate says it on the ball. Like, I, I don't think he's as bad as people make out on the ball, personally. I just think he's not Ben White. And uh, that's a credit to Ben White and how much he's set that standard to... Well, yeah, he set such a high standard in that position and what we expect from it. But that year when we were going for the top four and didn't actually make it happen uh, i thought tommy Asu was fantastic at right back that season um going forward as well so uh yeah i think that's something where i seem to be in the minority of how people think about tommy Asu on the ball uh in that right hand side but yeah going through the team obviously we uh, before we get into the kind of nature of the game ramsdale it's a it's a really tricky one um so long-term listeners will know i felt like he was an area of the team to get to an elite level that I thought could be upgraded. I don't think we've got the upgrade necessarily correct yet. Um, I think R- Raya shows a lot of stylistically where Arteta wants to take the team in terms of that level of control, the extra extra man uh, overloads all over, uh, slowing the tempo down, being patient. So I think profile-wise, it indicates where Arteta wants to take us, but I'm just not sure that I still think there's question marks, let me say that. I think he probably will come good and that the mistakes will lying out. But for how Ramsdale was performing the last 18 months, to go in and get someone, I think you'd expect like an instant, oh yeah, there's daylight between them. Uh, and obviously there is right now because of Ramsdale's confidence being in the absolute gutter. Um, and I don't think it's been handled great. Uh, there are a lot of things about Ramsdale. When I said I believe he could be upgraded, uh, I said that for a reason, right? That's how I felt at the time. So on one hand, I feel sorry for him. But on the other, I think it's a ruthless sport. And Arteta is not here to win FA Cups. He wants us to be challenging for the major tournaments every single year. You can tell that. So he's ruthless. And uh, unfortunately, there's no room for sentiment when you've got an environment that's high performing like that and I do feel sorry for him on one hand because I think obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes but to just be completely displaced like that especially when the manager Arteta has created the kind of story around I've got two number ones and when Ryan made mistakes Ramsdale didn't get a chance to come in and so on so I do think that's part of Arteta has managed it not poorly but not the great in terms of arm around the shoulder kind of behavior, and Ramsdale seems like he is the kind of guy that likes that and needs it. Um, and you see it with what his dad has said in the press in his interviews, like he's lost his smile. And again, I think there's no room for that in elite sport. But on the same time, you have to be mindful of the type of characters and personalities you've got. And I heard Clive talking about this on the Arsenal Vision podcast, like protecting their value. He was obviously in the PFA Player of uh, PFA Team of the Year as the goalkeeper last year uh market value was like super high being a young English goalkeeper and have we kind of tarnished that with how we've managed the whole situation and while his confidence is on the floor his performance levels are absolutely atrocious so it's a difficult one because we all know the potential of him uh and while I don't think that will be and I didn't think this uh for a while I don't think it'll be at Arsenal he can definitely do a job for a top six team somewhere and uh I feel like I look at Newcastle, uh, obviously Chelsea. um, They're the sort of clubs that you think of him going to and performing well if his confidence is high. But uh, yeah, it was a shame to see how that went. And uh, it was super nice to see, though, that even amongst all of the mistakes he made at the end, the way everyone celebrated with him. Well, I mean the team, not Arteta from his presser uh, and his post-match interviews. But yeah, the team, the way they got behind him, that was really nice to see. Um, and then, yeah, just general standouts. Like, Well, there wasn't really any standouts. I um, Excuse me. I, I thought we were. During the game, I was saying to my friend, I, I found it poor and I found it really boring. And I think a lot of that was me caught up in the emotion during the game, because then you look back and you watch it and you see the highlights and Brentford. I mean, you see Arteta said it in this Champions League press conference this week, like teams parking buses and trains and stuff. And I actually saw a a graphic from um, our our friend, Hassan, that's been on before. Well, it wasn't his graphic, but I saw he's the one that shared it uh, on Twitter. And it showed, I think the graphic was saying that of all the European leagues, we play against the deepest defences when you look at it in terms of the metrics of metres. So that says it all. Like The the challenge we are facing, which I think I've been impatient on myself and probably been a bit harsh on us uh, because that attacking fluidity isn't there. But it's a huge challenge. And I think this is where I say I think I was a bit naive pre-match where I went into Brentford thinking, yeah, it'll be 2-0. We'll knock the ball around, create a couple of chances, score, go home. But we had to bloody graft for it. And uh, I think where I am getting a bit concerned is, there's one on one hand sure that's the the problem that's being presented is we're playing teams that like park the bus almost every week now and they try and nullify central areas they they put us wide and there's double triple ups like Sacco mentioned in his um in in his uh, presser this week as well but i still think okay that's all well and good but you still need to find solutions and i think being 12th in the league for oh, was it I can't remember the stats it was either for goals forward or non-penalty expected goals which is obviously the most in my opinion sustainable metric to measure how effective you'll be going forward uh offensively so that's a concern for me because yeah you know what the problem is but at the same time we need to find solutions to this and i know arteta talks about game state a lot right and the longer it goes on the the harder it is to break it down but I think the thing that I found really surprising in this game was there was a real theme of once we couldn't break them down, we started going crosses really early. And Jesus wasn't really in and around it. When Enketia came on, he wasn't in and around it. And it just screamed to be a Kai Havertz game really early on. And I don't know why he didn't really go for it earlier than he did. So just looking at the subs, it was um, Enketia came on for Jesus, um in the 66th minute, and then Havertz only came on in the 79th minute, so it wasn't long. Um and yeah, I don't know, it was just the theme of the game just seemed to me to be screaming out for him. And in midfield, I um I didn't I thought everyone was fine. Rice was obviously rice, but it just felt very meh, and it feels like we just we're going side to side, the tempo's off, we're we're struggling to find those incisive passes. In tight areas, which is what I think last year we were so good at getting into tight spaces and maneuvering and manipulating space in really tight areas. And it j- obviously, teams are very good at stopping that against us now. But when that's not working, that's where I think, okay, you go and look for a different profile in a who to make that blindside run. Um, and he's been making the runs sometimes this season, but we just haven't found him. And then Saka, who I thought <clears throat> it's probably a bit harsh to say he was poor, but. I didn't think he had his best game and that is obviously part of it because of the amount of people that have doubled and tripled up against him but he every week he finds a way to be effective and he'll contribute to the output and i don't know how he does it but his decision making even under pressure he is so elite it is absolutely ridiculous um <clears throat> yeah and so there wasn't too much to write home about in this game but Obviously, we're not top of the league, uh, which is flipping massive, and we've got a decent we've got a decent run of games coming up now as well. So obviously, we've got Lens at home tonight, win that, and we uh, we top the group. Then got Wolves at home on Saturday, Luton away uh, on Tuesday, and then a tough trip Villa away the following Saturday. Then got PSV away, which I'll be going to, and got Brighton at home, which again it will be tricky. So as much as I'm saying we've got a good run, uh, I think each one will pose a challenge in itself, but. I think mean, in the short term, it's a good chance to go in and win the Champions League group, beat Lens, uh, give us the opportunity to rotate in, in Eindhoven, where that game is sandwiched in between Villa away and Brighton at home. And then obviously we've got Liverpool away the following week, just before Christmas as well. So, yeah, I think it's an opportunity to go and win that Champions League group, go and beat Wolves, beat Luton away and try and keep building on where we are right now. Um, but I'd be lying if I as as great as this was in terms of it was a last minute winner I just think I'm very concerned about the long-term sustainability of the attack and I know people come in and say oh the front three haven't played that much and there is the whole point that I said about defensive deep blocks but can't be using it as an excuse there needs to be an alternative way and I I believe we are With the squad we've got and the type of players and profiles we've got, I believe we are capable of dismantling low blocks and winning 2-3-0 and creating more than 2XG in a game. We've seen us do it last year when teams started going deep against us as well. Um, Obviously, injuries haven't been kind to us. I have to be mindful of that. But I just think there's enough of the season has gone now for this to still be a little bit of a concern for me. But obviously, the major talking point was Kai Havertz, all of the scenes in the away end that was absolutely phenomenal and like so happy for him and genuinely hope this is the thing that kind of kicks him on now to be honest because i have been wanting more from him uh not even an output even just being methodical and thinking about the process behind what he's doing i've been vocal on i think consistently vocal and wanting to see more urgency in his offensive actions his movement into areas and that's what I think was brilliant about this goal on Saturday. And uh yeah, it was just so nice to see the way everyone celebrated with him and uh and seeing the the away end get behind him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um and then I'm just trying to think of other talking points. It was a uh, the goal that was ruled out ruled out for offside. That's the thing. It's a, uh, I I do actually think it was offside for Wordsworth. It's, it's just it's frustrating, isn't it? Like I can't remember if I said this on a previous episode of ours, but when you think about what offside is there for and the VAR what that's there for it's to stop people getting an unfair and unfair advantage and i just look at whoever the defender was that wasn't near jesus's header and Trossard's like toe being offside is that really gaining a competitive advantage i know by the letter of the law it's offside but i just feel like the implementation of these rules is really taking away from the motivation of what it was actually brought in for um but yeah let's not go down there and also one thing to bring up fuck newcastle uh that was very funny last night eddie howe go be a fucking slick ass now same as that fat greek guy down the road Ange. um yeah two managers who are just absolute pet pit. Oh, the teachers pets they don't actually believe what they're saying they're just trying to win win the hearts and minds of people i always think that's the biggest form of cowardly behavior you could ever see when people don't actually say what they're believing but saying what they think will get them brownie points so fuck them uh but yeah that's var it's a, it's going to be a bumpy road but uh yeah that was a very rapid uh touching on the the brentford game really so yeah big 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 three points managed to scrape a win uh i hope that doesn't become a theme because we need to start winning games more convincingly in my opinion um but It was Brentford away, like I said, three home defeats in 2023, two of which was to us. So I think I'm probably being harsh, but it's not just been at Brentford away that the fluidity has been off. So something to be mindful of. But yeah, big three points. Uh, Obviously, we've got Lenz at home tonight, which uh, Nima and I have a little surprise on. And I won't say anything just yet, but uh, there'll be some content coming out uh, in the next few days based on tonight's game. So keep an eye for that. And uh, that is only possible because of all of you guys that have listened and supported us since we started so uh, thank you very much uh, i'll be back on friday with nima to preview the wolves game uh, and we'll probably touch on what happens tonight lens away uh, my prediction for that for what it's worth if anyone's listening to this on the way to the game uh or even now uh i think we're going to win quite comfortably i think it'll be two three 3-0 uh and i think it's an, it's going to be one of those champions league games where we well, teams don't just come to park a bus i think don't actually know, you know, that might be a lazy narrative. Who have what is the state of play lower down? Yeah, so Lens and PSV are both on five points. So I reckon Lens will come to try and get something, you know, and that may suit us. So yeah, I'm going two, three, nil. Uh, I think it will be fairly comfortable. I hope so, anyway. Um, and if you're listening and you have a membership and you usually struggle to get tickets, there's lots of tickets available on the ticket exchange for tonight. So, uh, get yourself down there. But yeah, thanks for tuning in up the Arsenal.